see if it can handle some preachers up here, and I guess that's why I'm up here, but it's, it's a good place. I mean, a nice, beautiful, beautiful facility uh, to be able to come and worship the Lord in these days, and uh, just a beautiful day the Lord's blessed us with, and God's always, you know, he always knows what we need, and I got here, uh, got here this morning, and, and I needed some encouragement. I got here this morning, and uh, one of the birds was out there talking talking about me. I thought it was pretty good. I got out of my vehicle and I heard that bird over there going, pretty, 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 pretty. I thought, well, he's the Lord. Amen. Ain't that a blessing? Amen. Amen. Ain't that a blessing? All right. Well, I figured everybody get loosened up a little bit. John chapter number two this morning. John in chapter number two. And it is a privilege to be here and to be able to preach uh, during the meeting. And uh, I, I do... I do really cherish my friendship with Brother Ricky. And I know this this morning, I'm not preaching uh, here because I'm his friend. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I thank God for friends like that. But I believe he, fo I believe he follows the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, and, and of course, I see a lot of members of Bible Baptist Church in here. Um, you ought to thank God that you've got a man of God that has the hand of God on his life. And I tell you what I do, it, it'd, be as, it'd be as dangerous as, uh, as toting around a cock pistol with a hair triggered to say something derogatory about Brother Gravely. I mean that I'd be scared to do that. And uh, I really would because uh, God's hand is on his life. And um, that's just the truth. Brother Ricky, you didn't even brag on me when I got up here. It hurt my feelings. But... Uh, no, I, I, I mean what I say. I mean what I say. I appreciate this man of God, and I appreciate the church, Bible Baptist, doing such an outstanding job every year. Uh, the meeting has grown, and now you see you know, what has had to happen. But I appreciate Bible Baptist Church loving me and my family and my wife and my children and uh, just the friendship that we have and the fellowship that we have. And I'm thankful for that. But I, I, God knows my heart this morning. I, I want to be a blessing and a help to you. And I want to, I want to magnify the Lord this morning. In John in chapter number 2, John chapter number 2, when you find a place to stand, as you read the word of the Lord in John in chapter number 2, and this is the first recorded miracle that Jesus ever performed. And he performed this at a marriage, um, at not just a wedding. 
The Bible calls this the marriage in Canaan. What that tells me is that marriage is consummated at the ceremony, not later on. They call it a marriage. A marriage not a wedding, but a marriage. Uh, and so in God's sight, the ceremony itself constitutes a marriage. And an oriental wedding is a lot different than the ones that we have today. I have no doubt about this, Brother Fried. At this Jewish wedding, there were no sausage balls. That's why I go to weddings. Ain't that why you go? I go to weddings because they have them sausage balls. They have that crab meat wrapped up in the bacon and all that. I go for the fancy food. I'm like, where's that? They said, we're not having that. I'm like, man, you ain't even having a wedding. I want, where's that spinach artichoke? Amen. It may choke Artie and it might choke me, but I want some of that too. But, um, so there's not, definitely none of that. So uh, none of those bacon wraps and stuff like that. But I better read the text right here. I've lost about half of you maybe. Uh, you're here with me. And I, I, mean, I figured you mentioned bacon at a Baptist camp meeting. Surely everybody will be on board with that. John chapter number 2 and verse 1 said, In the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, and here it is, the Bible said, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then, thou which is, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate you standing. Now, during these days when you had a wedding, even if it was in a small village like Cana of Galilee, uh, everybody comes to eat and drink. Everybody shows up, kind of like camp meeting. You know what I mean? Everybody shows up. Sometimes it's not for preaching or singing. It's to get free meals and all through that. And thank God for good meals. We're going to have some good eating around here. That's another reason that I like this meeting. Amen. But it is believed that the Jews uh, got everybody together on the third day because it was the only uh, day that of uh, the six days of creation that God saw his work and said it was good, but then he said it twice. And those of us who are married, I'm glad God gave me a good woman. Amen. I, I'm glad, and I'll be honest with you, I'm glad God gave me a good looking woman. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm just straight up about that. And y'all see me, if y'all have ever seen my wife, you'd say there is a God in heaven. And so uh, here is God. He's performing his first miracle in John 2. And I've seen him perform other miracles in weddings as well. Because you look at the man and he looks like he could eat a, he could eat a, a watermelon through a barbed wire fence. And he's married to this nice looking woman. And it's just amazing what God can do. You boys are worried about God sending you a wife. 
I tell you what you do, praise God, get full of the Holy Ghost and get sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And God will bless you and God will help you in his timing. But tradition says at this time that Mary is a widow and she's at this marriage and she's very pleased that her son is there. And no doubt, I'm glad the Lord's here. Now, I know we're in this situation and I ain't even gonna mention this. I'm done with mentioning the building, but God's here, amen? God showed up when we started singing. So I bless the Lord for that. But these provisions that was there, uh, she knew that it would take Jesus to do it. And these provisions that was expected uh, were running low and the supply was running and dwindling down. But the Bible said in verse number nine, it said, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, and here's my thought this morning, it said, but the servants which drew the water knew. I want to preach this morning a little bit on lessons from the laborers who knew. Some lessons from the laborers who knew. Now, they had to bear the load and they had to lift the load and they had to look for the load and they had the honor of laboring for the Lord Jesus Christ. But they had learned some things after this situation. Now, I don't claim to know a lot of things. As a matter of fact, the more I go, I've been saved 24 years. October 20th, 1997, I got saved by the grace of God. This October will be 25 years that I've been saved. And the more I go, Brother Adam, the more I realize that I do not know. And, and I want to know more about the Lord. We sang that song, I want to know more about my Jesus. The way you do that is you get in the Word of God. But I'll say this, the more that I go, the more that I see that I need to learn, that I need to know. But what I do know, I want to know it real good. And I can tell you one thing that I know this morning. I, I'd rather strike out trying to do something for Jesus than I would hit a home run for the devil. And I'm glad God changed my life 25 years ago, put me in the house of God, put me with a King James Bible in my lap, a preacher that would preach, people that I love, and change my heart and change my desire, and thank God for an opportunity just to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember there was a day when we didn't have to be on no poster nowhere, they didn't nobody have to know who we were, we're just glad we're saved, we didn't know fetch from second, we thought Hezekiah was a book of the Bible, but we're glad we're saved, and we just wanted something to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for an opportunity just to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And the servants in John chapter number two, they got to observe some things firsthand that not everybody got to see. They got to see the wonder working power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you what you do. Just get an attitude of servitude and just say I want to do something for Jesus and I don't have to have an attaboy button and I don't have to have a personal parking place and I don't have to have a pat on the back. I just want to do something for the Lord. If you'll have that attitude, I promise you Jesus will give you something to do. What if these servants would have said, you know what, I don't have time or I don't have the ability, I don't have the opportunity. I tell you, if you want to do something for the Lord, you can definitely do something for the Lord. What if they said, I don't have the talents. What if they said, you know, they don't need me down there. What if one servant had missed? I tell you, you're going to miss out on what God's got for you. You, uh, because you won't grab a boot broom handle every now and then. I, I mean, you got to have a pat on the back all the time. I tell you, Jesus knows what's going on in your life, and you're serving Jesus Christ. Thank God He keeps a good record. The Bible said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, and that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. Thank God for an opportunity to minister to people and to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through 
throughout the Bible, you can see people uh, that, listen, did great things for God. Uh, Moses said, you know what? I cannot speak. I don't have the gift of gab. Sometimes that's probably a curse. He said, you know, I, I don't have the ability. But you know, after he had, he went out to seminary after at Desert University and God changed that man and he went down there to burning bush and God changed that man and he said, you know what, I can't say these things. But you notice when he gets into talking to Pharaoh, when he makes it down to Egypt, it ain't Aaron the one that's talking, it's Moses the one that's talking. I tell you what God had to do, God had to get Moses out of Moses and so Moses would rely on God. That's what God's got to do in our life. You talk about David, David looking at the most insignificant young man even Jesse his daddy I said well he I've got one more but he's out there watching the sheep oh, that's when Samuel said go get him and when he walked in Samuel said that's the fella right there that I'm going to use aren't you glad that God can take somebody that's on the back side of the desert or just outside I mean out there in the pasture just watching over the sheep thank God I'm glad God can come and save people and change people and turn somebody into somebody that can tell everybody about somebody that can change anybody's life. That's what Jesus Christ has done. I think about Gideon. He was so intimidated. He was so fearful, but God called him a mighty man of valor. It doesn't matter what the brethren say about you. I remember when I was in vandalism, I mean evangelism, Brother Bobby, you know how it is. If you're busy, if you're preaching meetings, people say, well, he must be compromising. He don't preach against nothing. And if you're not busy and hit a little lull in evangelism, they say, well, he's going to come in here and tire your church up. I remember Dr. Billy Goosby said one time, he said, I'd hate to know that I had one man in my church that had come and preached one message in my church and tire my church up. Amen. And so you're not going to be able to please it. That ain't in the notes right here. <laughs> I just think about that. Praise God for the men of God that have gone on to be with the Lord. But let me say this. Gideon said, no, I can't do it. And God said, you're a mighty man of valor. I tell you, it only matters what God says about you and I this morning. And listen, God don't just, he just don't want to work through you. He wants to work in you. He wants to do a work in your life and to help you and to help you help others. I thought about this, Brother John, just sitting over there where I was. I mean, listen, you know, when you first get started, I mean, you want to do good and you want to do right. And I probably crash and burn and I've done it in front of the best of them. But I'm telling you at the end of the day, if you can peel your head and say, you know what? I'm doing this for Jesus. I'm preaching for the Lord and I want to magnify him. You will not be a failure if what you do, you're doing for others and you're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, the guest never did know what had happened. But the Bible said, but the servants knew. First of all, I want you to look. The Bible said this, that they knew the circumstances. The Bible said that in the third day there was a marriage in Cana. Mother of Jesus was there. When they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. Now, these people that were here as the servants, the people kept showing up. And the head servant said, now listen, we're in trouble. The head servant said, you know what? We're running out of wine. Now, back in those days, they had already talked to the newlyweds and said, listen here, this is a big day. Now, back in those days, if you ran out of food, if you ran out of wine, I mean, you would be the talk of the town forever. I mean, it'd be in the Jerusalem Gazette and the Galilee News and everything else. It'd be everywhere. That Can you believe that Hezekiah and Latakiah or whatever their name was, can you believe that they ran out of wine, that they ran out of food? You would be the talk of the town. 
Well, you know the bridegroom, he's already nervous. He's already shook up. I mean, he's about to get married. God's blessed him. He's paid. There ain't no telling what all. I mean, he's probably paid about 12 billy goats and four or five cows back in that day. I mean, listen, he's sitting there saying, honey, listen, we can't lose. I mean, listen, I, I, we can't let this happen. We can't run out of wine. Uh, listen, she said, he said, no doubt. He said, I got 12 billy goats invested in you. We can't run out of wine. You cost me five heifers. I can't do that. Amen. You said, hey, listen, I'm glad you don't have to do that. You don't have to pay billy goats to marry somebody. You say, well, that'd be pretty bad if you had to do that. Amen. That's right. Amen. They said, we cannot. They said, whatever you do, we cannot run out of wine. You say, why did he tell, why did this happen? Because Jesus allowed this. Jesus allowed them to run out of that because he needed to get them out of their comfort zone. I tell you, everything's going good. The cupboard's full. I mean, you go got, got fuel in the tank. I mean, you know, $100 a day, buy about a half a tank of fuel. So you got about a half a tank of gas. Everything going good. But I tell you what God will do in every one of our lives. He will get you out of your comfort zone. He'll get you in a place where God, if you don't do it, it ain't going to get done. He'll take away every resource you got. He'll bring you down to where all you've got's God. And when you find out all you got is God, you'll find out all you need is God. Amen? And he had to get them down to a place when you can calculate it. Uh, you'll pat yourself on the back. You'll knock your clavicle out of, out of, out of, a, out of joint and to pat yourself on the back and say, look what I did. Look what I've done. But I'm telling you, when you have absolutely nothing and you're at the very end of yourself, you'll realize that it was Jesus that got it done. And I'm telling you, we serve a God. I don't care. Well, I do care if it goes to $10 a gallon. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this, free it don't matter if gravy goes to five dollars a sop. It don't matter if there's one cracker left in Fort Oglethorpe. You're going to be nibbling on one corner if you will just commit to serve God and do what God would have you to do. Amen. I tell you, Jesus, he don't just work when nothing else will. Thank God he will work when nothing else will work. I thought about the book of Joshua when one time he made the sun stand still and he made the moon say where it was. I mean, that's a great miracle. But not only that, not only is God involved in the big things, thank God God is involved in the little things that's going on in your life. I mean, listen, I thought about this, that he controlled a fish so, so that fish would go down there and he would swallow that coin where they could pay their taxes. I thought about he made a whale I swallow up a backslid preacher right on time. He made a rooster crow right on time. You say, God is not concerned about me. I'm telling you, he is concerned about every person in this building. He knows the very hairs on your head. He got you here safe. He kept his hedge around you, and he knows what's going on in your life. You say, I'm at the very bottom. I need some help these days. I am running out of joy. I'm running out of wine. I'm running out, and we know that's not for a minute. I ain't even got to preach all that, all right? Oh, but you know, they said, well, I don't have any joy and I really need something from God these days. Oh, you got in here, just barely got in here, just barely limped in here. I'm telling you, you better buckle up, friend. Oh, you better hold on. God's about to dump the honey bucket on you. I feel like Joel Osteen with a little more preach than he's got. Oh, but I'm just saying this, today it's going to be a good day in your life if you'll just realize God knows what's going on and he's got his hand on the wheel and his foot on the throttle in your life. Hey man, they knew the circumstances and they got to see him do a miracle.
You say, I'm praying for a miracle. I'm waiting on a miracle. He's still in the miracle performing business today. Amen. Thank God he can, he can roll the troubled waters back from your soul. He can save that grandson you've been praying for. I mean, listen, he can put your home back together. He can do that, friend. Hey, listen, he's still in the miracle performing business. He can save you this morning. You walked in this building and everybody's glad you're here, but you ain't never been born again. You've never been saved. God can get you out of the graveyard and put you in some glory clothes and let his grace wash all your sins away and let the blood purge your conscience from dead works that you could serve the living God. They knew the circumstances. Something else, verse number six, they knew these water pots were ceremonial. The Bible said, and there were set there six water pots of stone after the matter of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins. Now you say, what's the big deal about that? Because the servants knew about these purification pots. You say, what do you mean? Well, these water pots here, and only the servants knew. Jesus said, you go put that water over there in these purifying pots. That wouldn't be a big deal to us, but the only thing about that is these are not drinking vessels. These are washing vessels. And when the servants... Jesus told them, go over there and fill up those ceremonial pots, fill up those purification pots with water. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? We done had a foot washing. What are we going to do? We done cleaned up. I done put on my best to get here to this wedding. What are we going to do? And Jesus said, you're going to drink out of them. I'm talking about people been washing their feet in that. You say you believe in foot washing? Yes, amen. I think you ought to do it at least once a day and maybe twice a day. Amen. I think you ought to do that. You say you believe in drinking strict night? No, I don't either. I don't I don't believe in doing that. I don't believe in drinking. You say you believe in handling snakes? I sure do. Amen. With a shotgun and a hole. Praise God. I mean, but I, I can say this this morning. There'd be some people say, well, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That don't even make no sense to me. I tell you, you got to get something in your crawl. Well, you say, you know what? I, I know it don't make sense and I know this don't make sense to nobody else, but I'm telling you I'm going to do what Jesus tells me to do. I mean, we got to get to that place where we're going to do what they said, what, what we're being told to do as servants of God. You know, I, I, they saw people, they just, they just won't do it because it's too dirty. Well, sometimes God will, let, God will just let things backfire on you if you won't do what he have you to do. And sometimes he'll put you in a situation where you've got to do it anyhow. That's probably ain't got a whole lot to do about the message, but I thought about it. I heard Billy Kelly, I heard him one time on a, on a cassette tape, and Brother Allen used to say it, and uh, Brother Kelly, he was talking about uh, he would uh, he'd go in these houses and people just and this is the truth that Philip Brock's uh, there'd be people there they, these people that brother Billy Kelly would stay in their home and they'd just leave the doors unlocked he'd come in there and they'd find him asleep in their bed I mean he'd eat all the food y'all know him I mean he's a big old fella but anyway he was staying at this home and and some of us old time and we remember this my my mom all used to keep and y'all forgive her sometimes he is in a brute uh, cup a brute snuff can. Uh, or a cup, one of them green glass cups. You know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you might still know what I'm talking about. Uh, but she'd keep water in that brute and snuff glass and she'd, she'd put some ice down in there. 
Well, Billy Kelly had come in and he had never stayed there before and didn't even know where the lights was. And so they said, now Billy, if you'll just go through the front door and keep walking, the bedroom is the last one back there on the right. So he walked in, went to bed. Well, he got up that night, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, had the cotton mouth. He said, I, I need something to drink. Well, most people back in those days, they'd leave a little glass of, of, of water in there with ice in it. So he went walking through and kind of felt his way around, walked in the kitchen. And when he got in the kitchen, he recognized where he was at. And uh, he run his hand down the sink and grabbed a hold of a cup. And he shook the cut and he shook it like that and said oh there it is that's some ice water they do what we do around here he took that cup turned it up and somebody's false teeth fell out right on his face that was somebody that had put their false teeth in that glass Amen. now listen I know that ain't got nothing to do with what I'm preaching but I finally got a response out of some of you Amen. Amen. I'm just saying sometimes you don't know what you're getting into but if you'll do what God will tell you to do, he'll do something in your life. You know why? Because the servants understood. These are the servants and they understood that these were ceremonial and what Jesus was going to do is he was beginning a new and living way. If you read the gospel on that and you look later on down the road, if you look at that, he, when his hour was come, he was going to tell them that the wine was his blood. He was going to tell them when his hour had come. Now in the beginning he said, my hour's not yet come and the servants knew that but later on down the road when they started following the Lord Jesus Christ because of the miracle that they did he said this wine is my blood that I am shedding for you only the servants knew that from the start to the ending I'm telling you if you'll get sold out to God you say I got saved yesterday I'll tell you sell out to Jesus thank God listen I'm telling you kill the ox burn the plow bury it all and go on for Jesus and you'll find out there's some things you'll find out that nobody else will know. They knew that you could have confidence in Jesus. They took him at his word even though it was from a logical standpoint unreasonable. To give the master of the banquet water when he was expecting wine would be a disaster. I'm telling you what God was doing is he was laying the groundwork for something in their life to change them make them servants of the greatest master that you could ever work for. I, I tell you, you know, people are worried about it. And I, I'm not against, hey, listen, I, I, I make preparations. Do whatever you got to do. And let me say something right now. Me and you got a responsibility that if something happened to you, you have a responsibility to make sure your wife wouldn't be tore all to pieces and your children will be taken care of if something was to happen to you. You ought to make preparations for that. Amen. Amen. Somebody should have said amen more than that right there. Uh, but I tell you, you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. And we don't know what's going on in our life. And right now, you can see what's going on with Ukraine and Russia and all that. And that's Ezekiel 37, 38, 39. God's putting a hook in the jaw of Russia. I don't know when everything's going to happen. And if this is not it, it'll do till it gets here. Amen. You can see things going on. I mean, listen, Wall Street's tore all to pieces. But I'm telling you, the Golden Street in heaven, there is nobody up there biting their fingernails. There's nobody up there popping Prozac. There's nobody up there with high blood pressure. I'm telling you, God knows what's going on and God is still God in 2022 and God still knows what's going on in your life in 2022 and you can have confidence in him. If he's done it before, he can do it some more. He is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living 
And praise God, you can have confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. They knew that. They knew that. They knew that they could have confidence in him. You know, you can see these, these servants, they pretty much said, Jesus, we're depending upon you because you're all that we have. And I, I know there's a thing about waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. And I understand that. I know there's a time where you've got to wait on God. But that just don't mean that you're sitting around on your spiritual stool sitting there twiddling your thumb saying, I shall not be moved. When you're waiting on the Lord, you are serving the Lord. You're like a waiter. You are waiting on the Lord. You're doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ. People say, I'm waiting on God. A lot of times I think what happens is God's waiting on us. I'm not talking about doing something foolish, but I am talking about stepping out by faith. In the book of Joshua, if they had never took the step, the Jordan River would have never parted. And God sent them down to the Jordan River when it was springtime, when the floods had come, when it was impossible for them to get over to the other side. I'm telling you, God may have brought you to a place where you're just going to have to step out by faith and trust God. Hey, listen, and I'm telling you, you can trust him and you can believe in him. And where he guides, he will provide. If he's telling you to do something, you better do it and you'll be a satisfied person serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number nine, they knew that Jesus had covered for the bridegroom. Look at verse nine. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. Now you think about this. You think about this. They called, he called the bridegroom. Well, he's over here. We've run out of wine. Last report he got, we're out of wine. He's already nervous, already scared to death. And now the, the man in charge, the head servants, he calls the bridegroom. And the bridegroom is like, man, I'm already over here. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've robbed a bank. He feels terrible. He said, man, here I am. I've flopped on my wedding day. It's going to be everywhere. Everybody's going to be talking about it. It's going to be on everybody's Facebook page. Everybody's going to be running us down. And here this man in front of everybody is going to get me up there and embarrass me. Well, here's Mr. Bridegroom. Now, that's what I am. I'm Mr. Bridegroom. So he's coming up here and he's all sad. And the man in charge said, hey, come up here. I got something I want to see. He said, man, he's going to embarrass me. And he said, man, we ain't never had it like this before. He said, every other wedding I've ever done, every other marriage that I've been part of, every other one that I've been in charge of, making sure they got the candles over here or the little sand thing that you do there when everybody's ready for you to get over with, say I do and kiss your bride before we can go eat. I mean, he said, I ain't never done nothing like this. He said, you've saved the very best for last. He said, I've never been in. Well, here's the bride. Got to be the way he is. He's standing out going embarrassed and he said, he begins to brag on him and boast on him. He goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure have. Sure have. <laughs> you know who knew? Here's the bridegroom. He was walking around strutting real big like he's really done something. The servants is back there in the back. Say, I want you to look under him. It wasn't him that did it. It was Jesus. It wasn't a man. Hey, it wasn't a man that was there. It was Jesus that did it. I'm telling you, if you'll get sold out to God and say, I want to do something for Jesus, you'll know some things. And I'll tell you what, if you realize this, you'll get to the realization to understand that God will cover for you. 
I know there's been a lot of things. A lot of preachers probably wouldn't say this. But I, especially ever since I've been pastoring, I mean pastoring, ever since I've been doing that, I could, I could tell you time, Brother Pendergrass, time and time and time again, Brother Ricky, where God's covered for me. Brother Brown, where God has covered for me. I'm talking about people, people say, oh, Brother Randy, man, I want you to look at this, that, and the other, and God knows my heart. God knows my heart. I'm telling you, it ain't me. Oh, my. There's been so many times, Brother Bobby, so many times. We just come out of our march for missions. Every Sunday morning, Sunday night, we've had different missionaries in. I mean, we really had a great meeting, and then Brother Terry Ellis showed up. I'm just kidding. Where's he at? I've seen him come in, Brother God bless your heart. Brother Ellis showed up closed us out yesterday, had a great day. We, we, I think we picked up like nearly $70,000 more on our faith promise mission. Unbelievable. Uh, but you know, I remember the day, the first March for Missions that we had. I mean, listen, I needed something. I didn't know what to do. Didn't know how to do it. And, and listen, I'm telling you, it happened over and over and over and over every Sunday. I mean, I knew what this was going to have this guy in to preach. Didn't have any missionaries lined up, really. And I've told this in front of my church, I take didn't have nobody lined up, and there'd be some missionaries, and they'd call. I'm talking about out of the blue, and they'd say, "Brother Randy, I'm a missionary, and I'm going to Kapalakistan, and I need a place to go." And you have, and I said, "Yeah." They said, "When? Well, I'm I'm going. I'm only going to be in town the first Sunday morning in March." I'd say, well, well, do tell. You come on in, brother. I've been praying about having you anyhow. No, I didn't say that. That'd be lying. I didn't say that to him. But I'm sitting there thinking, you know, and you know, Brother Brown, God did it over and over and over and over to show that I, my sufficiency's not in me. I mean, listen, if this meeting's relying on Brother Ricky Gravely or Brother Eric Brown or anybody else, it will not succeed. But if we get our eyes on Jesus, and understand it's all about him and exalt him and magnify him, he'll cover for you. I tell you, if you don't do things out of rebellion, you see people say, well, you know what? I, I know this is what God would have me to do, but I think I've got a better way. If you do that in rebellion, you're in trouble. But if you just say, God, I can't, Lord, please cover for me. I, I, now listen, if you've got, you got a verse of whatever it is you do, you say, well, you know, I, I, God gave me a verse on to go wherever. I'm glad you got one. But you say, well, Brother Randy, God gave me a verse about taking that church. Um, and I'm glad, I, I hope he did. And I believe he did. If you tell me that, I believe that. If you're a, if you're a young lady and uh, you say, God gave me a verse about this, about this man. God gave me a verse about this young man. That's how I knew, I, and that's why I know that he's God's will for my life. I mean, listen, as long, long as he don't give you out of the scripture, like you say, well, Brother Randy, I'm thinking about just ending it all. You know, you open the Bible and say, what thou doest, do quickly. I mean, you better be careful about getting a verse from God. That's right. I wished I had a verse. Yep. I wished I did. Now, I'm just being straight up with you. You say, Brother Randy, how do you know you're in the will of God? Only way I know it, all the way I know, Brother Josh, is I said, well, God, I'm so dumb, and I, don't have the, I do not have the mental aptitude to be able to discern everything you want me to do. God, if it ain't your will, shut the door. And God, if it is your will, keep it open. 
And I'm just telling you, it, you, you it, and, and I know, hey, it takes some discernment, but if you study discernment in the Bible, most of things involving discernment is about you discerning things about you, not about somebody else. And I'm like, God, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. God shut the door if it ain't right and keep it open if it is. And God has kept the open door. I say, I know I'm in the will of God today. I know that ain't very, probably not very spiritual. But I tell you, I want God to get all the credit and all the honor because he's covered for us. These servants knew that it was Jesus that came through. You know what happened? A firkin in the Bible is about nine gallons. And they held 20 to 30 gallons of liquid. So you think about that. He had six of these laying around. Six, of course, a number of man. He had six of these laying around. That means he had 150 gallons left after everybody had got all they wanted. You know what that tells me about Jesus? That tells me he is more than enough. When the prodigal son came home, he didn't say, go out there and get that whole stain that we've been out there starving, eating sand. He said, go out there and get the fatted calf that we've been feeding hammered cord and bring that robe and put on him and put some shoes on his feet. I tell you, if you sell out to Jesus, if you'll just come back home and being willing just to be a servant, I mean, when that fella left, he wanted to be the head knocker. When the prodigal come back home, he said, make me as one of thy hired servants. When he had that kind of attitude, God said go put the best thing I got on him the father said put the best robe the best ring the best shoes thank God that's what God will do in your life he'll put the best on you he gave them more than enough you'll find out that he is more than enough they knew that he was the way maker now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think how did they know that they was just at the right place, at the right time, did what he said, probably hesitantly, and God did the rest. Thank God if you'll just commit to serve God these days, today, I'm talking about right now, today, God will let you see some things nobody got to see, hear some things nobody got to hear, and experience some things nobody got to experience. Thank God for some laborers who knew. Preachers asked me to give an invitation. Maybe you want to come this morning. You might want to say and she's playing that song I surrender all I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God you present your bodies a living sacrifice let's everybody stand so I present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service how is your attitude of serving God I know what it's like to go in a meeting sitting in a obscurity Nobody really knows who you are, but God does. And in these days, if you'll focus on Jesus and say, Jesus, I got to have you. Some of you got problems too big for you, and you're trying to handle it, and you've called and got wise counsel, and that's all good. But if you're going to really do something for the Lord, and you're going to hear from God and let him do something in your life, there's going to be a place, there's going to be a Jordan in your life. There's going to be some empty water pots in your life. There's going to be some emptiness where Jesus has got to do it. Maybe you're here today like that. Why don't you let God do something in your life and fill you up with his joy? Amen.